The Catholic gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the message I have for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, think about those words uh, that I just spoke to you. The Catholic gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then what is it? Well, it's another gospel. It's a different gospel. And the Bible warns us about preaching a gospel that is not the gospel which we know of that is found within the scriptures. Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, written by the Jewish apostle Paul, he said this, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Wow. Some heavy words there uh, from the apostle Paul. He, said, he makes it clear. He says, look, guys, I don't care if an angel from heaven comes down. Uh, and preaches to you. If, if it's not the gospel that I preach to you, let him be accursed. Obviously, it's a, a demon power. So we're talking about some serious stuff, folks. So I, I want to make it clear uh, in this message that uh, the, co the gospel that is preached, the gospel that is preached by the Roman Catholic Church, the Church of Rome, it is not the gospel that Paul preached. It's a different gospel, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I am speaking to you as a former Roman Catholic. I know I sat under the sound of the Roman Catholic gospel. So I know the gospel that they preach is different from the gospel that saved my soul. So we're going to go through uh, six different uh, items here today uh, to expose this counterfeit gospel of the Church of Rome. The first one I'm going to look at is the Roman Catholic Mass, and they say that the Catholic Mass satisfies God's justice. You can find that in the New St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism, item number 361. This is what I learned from growing up. So that they declare that the Catholic Mass satisfies the justice of God. So when a Roman Catholic priest offers up that Mass, I'll put a uh, an image on the screen, you see uh, the priest ho holding up that Roman Catholic host. They believe that that Catholic mass satisfies the justice of God. You'll find that right there in the catechism. I have some numbers listed up if you want to look it up for yourself right there, ladies and gentlemen. So don't be fooled, ladies and gentlemen. This Catholic mass does not satisfy the justice of of God according to the scriptures. While I'm on this topic, uh, keep in mind that we have a group of people that are known as charismatic Catholics. You know, many people believe that that's a different group, they have different beliefs, but it's not true. I came through the charismatic movement also. I, I can assure you folks that the charismatic Catholics still attend their Roman Catholic masses. They still pray to Mary, and all the other Catholic things. They are Roman Catholics. A lot of talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they're on fire. They're on fire for the Roman Catholic Church, folks. That's what they're on fire for, 
It is a different gospel that is believed by the charismatic Catholics and the uh, regular uh, Roman Catholics also. So the Bible truth that refutes that false teaching of Rome can be found simply by looking in the Bible in the scriptures. In John chapter 19, verse 30, it says this, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost or the spirit. So when Christ died, folks, keep in mind, he died for the sins of the world. And when he did it, he completed it. He said, it is finished. Glory to God. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 10, the apostle Paul, the same one who warned us about believing a counterfeit gospel, he said this, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure, or perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, I quote these often, and the reason I do it is because they are power-packed, folks. This ministered to me. You know, I read the scriptures, and I'm like, wow. And in Roman Catholic Church, I never heard stuff like this, folks. And this, this is a liberating passage of scripture. What does it tell us? It tells us that Christ died for the ungodly. Folks, you're ungodly. I'm ungodly without Christ. And no matter who you are, you could be a prostitute, you could be a drug addict, an alcoholic, but if you seek to be saved, you can turn to the Lord and get saved. He died for you. This is what it's talking about, that God commended his love toward us, us wretches, folks. I'm a wretch, you're a wretch, everyone a wretch, wretch. We're all a bunch of wretches. We're all a bag of sin without Christ. But it says here, he commended his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So a person repents, they turn to the Lord. It says here, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So, so I want you to see something, folks. Look at these scriptures in contrast to the sacrifice of the Roman Catholic Mass. You see, the scriptures tell me here, the Apostle Paul tells me here that I am justified by his blood, the blood of Christ. It tells me here that I'm saved from wrath through him, obviously through Christ, okay? I was formerly an enemy of God, but now I've been reconciled back to God, how? by the death of his son. Much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So folks, I as a Christian, I know with full assurance that I've been justified by what Christ did on the cross for me. I'm justified by his blood. I'm saved from wrath because of what he did for me. I've been reconciled back to God. Now, the Roman Catholic Mass, folks, is an insult the repeated sacrifice of that mass on, on a daily basis throughout the world. Think about this. Roman Catholics, uh, sincere people going to Catholic mass. Meanwhile, 
the answer, how to get saved is right here, folks. I mean, <laughs> I speak as a former Roman Catholic, folks. I, I, you know, when I got saved, folks, I, it's like unbelievable, to be honest with you. When you're saved, when you're washed in the blood, when you're born again of the Spirit. And that's why I make these videos. Uh, it says here, 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened, that means made alive, by the Spirit. So Peter knows, Pete knows, that Christ suffered once. He did it. It's over. And it was the just, meaning Christ, for the unjust, us wretches, ungodly wretches, okay? But he paid the price. We, we, we get saved through faith in him. Item number two, we're going to look at transubstantiation, which is part of that Roman Catholic Mass. And that teaches that the Catholic priest can change the bread and wine into Jesus Christ. They believe that that priest, when you go to Mass, that this is what's taking place. That, that when that transubstantiation is complete, that wafer host is the body, blood, soul, and divinity, deity of Jesus Christ. Oh yes, that's what they teach, folks. That's kind of scary. But that is the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church. In fact, they teach... That, that, that it's a miracle that Christ himself doesn't appear on the altar. They say that's a miracle in itself, you know, that, that he doesn't do that. Well, the Bible truth, folks, you, you can find that once again right in the Scripture. So salvation comes through faith. That's by believing, not by eating a Catholic wafer. So let's look at John chapter 6, verses 32 to 35. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, those words mean most assuredly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me, shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Let me just stop there. So here the Lord is identifying himself as the true bread from heaven. Now, he's not a piece of bread, a piece of wonder bread you go up to the delicatessen or to the supermarket to buy. He's talking of himself, okay? Not, not, not physical uh, bread. You know, the Lord would speak in allegories and speaking parables folks he's talking that way here so i want you to notice he says i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst so it's just a simple act of faith coming to the lord he says come to me believe on me okay so uh, you know, the Catholics believe, you know, you take that wafer host, they believe that you are receiving Jesus Christ when you take that physical piece of bread, that physical wafer into your body. John chapter 6, verse 40, Jesus speaking, he's, and he said, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. You want everlasting life, folks? Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He's offering you the gift of everlasting life. He's telling you, I will raise you up at the last day. That's judgment day, by the way. So, so it's simple faith. This is what I want to get across to you in this message, speaking to you as a former Roman Catholic. John chapter 6, we'll look at verses 66 to 69. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay, so many people went away because they could not comprehend what, what he was talking about. The, the, the people walked away, so now uh, the Lord asked the disciples, hey, you guys also going to go away? Listen to what Peter said. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So it's believing him, folks. It's believing the words that Christ spoke. Right here, Peter shows us. So it's coming to him, believing on him, and believing the words of eternal life. It's not about eating a wafer host, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at item number three, purgatory, described by the Church of Rome as an intermediate state between heaven and hell. You could look those items up for yourself. The numbers are up there. So this is another uh, false teaching, another demonic teaching uh, regarding this place. It's an insult, ladies and gentlemen, to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, during the time of Martin Luther, basically uh, he flipped out. You know, uh, during that time, there was a, a man by the name of John Tetzel that was uh, going through the different towns of Germany and he had this uh, chest with him, this large chest. And, and basically, there was a, a writing up upon that chest, and it said this, As soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. So what a racket th th this Catholic Church had going, using this man, folks. Uh, by the way, St. Peter's uh, over there in Rome was built on the money that they collected from these uh, poor, deceived, sincere uh, Roman Catholic people, they were deceived and uh, they think their relatives and their uh, moms and dads that died previous to them, that they're in this place called purgatory and by uh, donating money, putting money in that chest that they're going to spring out of purgatory. They thought they were doing a good thing for their deceased relatives. Isn't that sad, folks? It's, it's, it's gross. It's sick. And yet today... You know, we don't have the man walking around with a chest, obviously, but people to this day will make donations for mass cards. I know, I did it for years. And and, and you go over to the rectory, you, you get a mass card, you want the priest to offer up a sacrifice of the mass for people that have been dead. Sometimes people do this every year, okay? People are praying for people for many years. There, there are the Catholics that are praying for popes that have died, folks. You say that? No, there's no, no assurance uh, of salvation. And they, they have these masses offered up over and over and over again. So, so as I said, they're not walking around with a chest, but, but donations are made. You go to a Catholic funeral, a Catholic wake, you'll see a, a, a mass card stand, okay? And people come in, tons of people, and they have a white envelope. And, and, you know, very sincere people, by the way, I might 
tell you that. And they hand it to the people, the relative of, of the deceased, and, and they stick it in that rack. And then that rack fills up pretty quick because that's what the Catholic people do. They want to. They believe they're doing the right thing by getting a mass card uh, to help their relative out. Once again, if you look at the Bible truth, you'll see heaven and hell are real, but purgatory is a fraud. What did Jesus say, folks, after he rose from the dead? Think about this. He was crucified on a cross, and he got up from the dead. You can believe him, folks. He was seen by many witnesses, and this is what he had to say after he rose from the dead, talking to his own disciples. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, that's some serious talk there, folks. He's telling his people, there he is with the wounds, the holes in his hands. He has that gash on the side, and he's giving the message to his followers. You take this message, you preach it all over the world. Those who believe, they'll be saved. You don't believe, you'll be damned. Could it be any clearer? You don't find purgatory in that uh, verse, folks, and you never will. You never will. You are either saved or you're going to be damned. You're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Let's get real. Okay, you want the gospel? This is the gospel. You're hearing it today, folks. Once again, let's go to John chapter 3. Verse 18, once again, this is spoken by Jesus Christ before he was killed. He said, he that believeth on him, meaning himself, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So you're out there today and you say, well, I don't believe what you're saying. Well, the scriptures, this is what they say to you. This is what Christ would say to you even today that you're, you're already condemned. And, and now the, the wrath of God is already upon you, as I, I'll show you in a couple of seconds here. So, so th this is how serious it is. You do have a free will, by the way, so that is your choice. But I'm here to tell you what Jesus has to say to you regarding this. John 5, 24, once again, this is Jesus talking. He said, Verily, verily, or most assuredly, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Heavy-duty stuff, folks. Once again, this is Christ speaking. He says, look, you hear my word, you believe on him that sent me, you have everlasting life. So when, when a person believes. This, this includes you today. If you just tuned in and you don't know whether you're saved, you're just curious, okay? You're a Roman Catholic. And you say, okay, it says here, you, you hear the word of God, you, you believe on Christ, he says you have everlasting life. Now, now think about that. No, no need for a Catholic mass. You don't have to keep going over and over and over again. Uh, the Bible says you, you're not going to come into condemnation. Listen, but you have passed from death unto life. Hear me now. When you pass from death unto life, that takes place in this world, folks. And I'll, I'll go so far as to tell you right now, if it doesn't happen before you die, you will be lost for eternity. So, so this everlasting life that I'm talking about, folks, it comes before you die. Oh, yes. You need to hear that. 
That's the truth. I was bopping along on the road to hell until I was saved, born again of the Spirit. I passed from death unto life. I deserved a thousand hells, folks. But my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came and died for me, shed his blood for me, that's what saves my soul. John 3.36, John said this, he said, He that believeth on the Son, meaning Christ, hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, listen, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Folks, before I came to know the Lord, the wrath of God was abiding upon me. I was bopping along on the road to hell. I'm lost as could be. I did not know Christ. After that, that I came to know the Lord, I was saved, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, born again of the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about, folks. And, and I'm letting you know today that this salvation is for you, no matter who you are, no matter how deep that pit is that you're in today, you're depressed or whatever, you, you, you have no hope in your heart. I'm telling you the hope that you need is found in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Next point I want to look at, Mary or dead saints as mediators for Catholics. And you can look that in your catechism, the numbers are up there. So the Roman Catholics, you know, as I was growing up, you know, Mary, you know, that's one of the main uh, persons that you would pray to. You know, we have our rosary beads and uh, you pray your Hail Marys. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed are the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And over and over, folks, over and over and over and over and over. Okay. Years of doing that. And then you have other people, uh, saints, they call them St. Jude, St. Joseph, St. Anthony, St. this. They have a saint for everything. Oh, yes. So uh, th this is what Roman Catholicism is about, praying to other people, other mediators, other intercessors. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible truth is this, folks, that Jesus Christ is the one and only mediator. He's the one and only way, and he's the one and only intercessor. He's the only one you need, ladies and gentlemen. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. John 14 and 6, famous verse, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I love that verse. I always say I had a jacket made, I uh, embroidered on the uh, back with those words. I'll put it up on a screen for you. I like that jacket. I like showing it. It, it. it brings glory to God, folks. It brings good memories to me because it's, you know, it's a new Christian. You know, coming out of darkness, folks, hallelujah, darkness for so many years, when, when the light comes into your heart, hallelujah, it, it brings joy, folks, brings joy, hallelujah. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Okay, keep, keep that in mind. Who's going to condemn you? If Christ died for you, folks, he's on your team, he's on your side. He calls you friend, hallelujah. Isn't that great? And it says, 
He died for you, yea, rather, that is risen again. He rose and that's the good news, folks. If he stayed in the grave, that would it would have stopped. But he rose again. That's our hope that that this man, uh, who happens to be God, died for you. The victory, folks. Where's the sting of death? With his victory and the resurrection, his power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of God. Hallelujah! And you know what? It says here he's making intercession for us. That's good, folks. When you get saved, Christ is interceding for you. You don't need a saint. You don't need Mary. You can put the beads down, folks. Lay them aside. Turn to the Lord before it is too late. Item number five, we'll look at this. The Pope as the vicar of Christ on earth, the Holy Father and the interpreter of Scripture. So this is where people are held in bondage, folks. They mean well, as I said, but they're looking to a man who has the title of the Holy Father. My, oh my, this is not good. We'll get to the scriptures later. But, but, but here's how people are held in bondage. So the Vatican exalts this man. He's the vicar of Christ. He interprets scripture. And this is what took place. You know, during the Reformation, you had all these men of God, women of God, they're, 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 they're standing for truth. You know, people are uh, trying to get the uh, scriptures into a language of the common people. And once they started reading uh, the Bible and say, whoa, you can understand why Rome didn't want it to be in the uh, language of the people because they, they were set free. <laughs> they saw the truth and said, I don't need you. You're not my holy father. And, 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 and that's how people got saved. This was the Reformation, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious stuff. And, and think about how many millions were put to the flames, put to death by the Church of Rome when they stood against uh, their teachings. This is heavy. Now think about that, that they actually put people to death who refused to go along with the program. You know, folks, keep in mind that the Church of Rome still teaches the very same things today as they did back then. That's why, you know, I find it totally amazing where, you know, in this day and age with all these mega churches, you do not hear people warning the church, the saints of God about this system. You know, it's amazing because, hear me, Pastor, you're not getting away with it. Do you, do you know that the Lord actually knows that you're not speaking out when you should be? And that you're, and not only that, you're, you're working hand in hand with them. Some, some people, oh, they're so anointed. Oh, you can work in unity with the church of Rome. Hear me now. Do you remember how he began this message where the apostle Paul said, but though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. You are joining hands with the system that preaches a counterfeit gospel that has the curse of God upon it. And you tell your people sitting in the audience, okay, we can work in unity. It's okay. Folks, pastor, you're in defiance to the word of God, to Christ himself. I mean, is it any clearer? You, you preach the word. You preach out of your Bible. Do you cut that portion out? Oh my, you're going to stand before God and give an account as a teacher, as a preacher that's standing over people, lording it over them and tell them, telling the people that they're waiting on you and you're telling the people that it's okay to work in unity with the Church of Rome. Oh, folks, the Bible truth tells us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and guide. Matthew 23, 9, listen to this, spoken by Christ. 
He said, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Don't you think the Lord knew what was coming down the pike, folks? Don't you think the Lord knew that the system of Rome was going to be doing exactly what they're doing today? Of course he did. He knows all things. All power has been given to him in heaven and earth. He knows everything. That's why that verse is there, folks. Call no man your father. Yet the Holy Father, that's what they call him, the Pope, he goes all over the world. And he can even come into churches by video and speak to people and with, uh, with the most respect from the people. Can you imagine this? And, and, and the preachers let them in. Uh, they, they'll let priests come into their church. Sometimes even say a mass. This is mind-blowing stuff, folks. We are living in perilous times. It's time to wake up. Luke chapter 6, verse 26. Woe unto you, when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Oh, yes, to the false prophets. John 14 and 26, Christ speaking himself, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So here's the Lord saying, he's calling a Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same thing, calling him the Comforter, the Comforter. He's, he says, I'll teach you all things, folks. You see this? This is what the devil doesn't want you to know. You stay in bondage to the Church of Rome, and you need the Pope to interpret everything. He's going to interpret it just the way he wants to, to keep you in bondage. <laughs> That's exactly right. John 16 and 13, spoken by Jesus Christ himself. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Once again, folks, the Holy Spirit, called the Spirit of truth, you have a promise from Jesus Christ himself. What more do you need? That he will guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak of himself. Now think about that. There's a distinction. You see that? The Holy Ghost is not going to glorify himself. He's going to point you to Christ. Hallelujah. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Who's talking to him? Whatsoever he shall hear. The beautiful triunity of the eternal Godhead. He's going to show you things to come. Folks, hear me now. You need the Holy Ghost. Hear me. If you die without the Holy Ghost inside your heart, you will die in your sins. You need the Holy Ghost inside you before you die. Don't forget that. We're talking serious stuff. You know, many of you, there might be people on the brink of coming out of the Catholic Church, but there's something keeping you. You just can't let go. That's bondage. It's the devil. It's, it's, it's a fight for your soul, folks. You, you, you got to remember the words of the Lord, you know. You know, he who loves mother and father more than me, you got to let that stuff go. Do you love Jesus more than them? That's, that's, what, that, that's what it comes down to. Do you love Christ more than your own fleshly relatives and friends and so on and so forth? That's what it comes down to. It's, it's a choice you have to make, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, spoken by the Apostle Paul, says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, 
but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So, you know, folks, when I was born again, when I was saved, now you get the Holy Ghost, now you're reading the Bible. I couldn't put the book down. What on earth is this? You live your whole life, you're doing this and you're doing that, and you have this sense that something just ain't right. You know, that's why, you know, I've spoken in the past, you know, before I got saved, I used to go out to the shopping mall and go to these uh, two different bookstores, and I would just scour through the, the bookshelves in the religious section, spiritual, self-improvement. I was hungry, but you see, I didn't know the Lord until it came right back to the book of books, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what they say. So, uh, you know, when you receive the Holy Ghost, folks, and now you start reading the Word. That's why the Scriptures is so important. The power that is in the Word of God. You know, I can't tell you, I can't stress that enough, folks, that the Holy Ghost opens up the Scriptures to you. And I'm like, wow. Like I read before, Romans chapter 5, like, wow. Man, I never heard this before. I'm reading about the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm reading about that He died for the ungodly. That I can be justified. What am I doing going to Mass all these years? I've been deceived. I've been deluded. I get saved, and I, my next step is i got to tell people. i got to tell other people. For me to hold back, folks, and, and not warn people, that would be sin, folks, absolutely. Hey, you got this. you got this treasure in earthen vessels, the Holy Ghost, the pearl, the pearl of great price. How could I hold back? How, how can I hold back from telling others that I know are sitting in darkness? You know, the only problem is you, you try to tell them, and most of the time, people are not interested, folks. But that's okay. I still pray for them, that God would break through the shackles and chains that have them bound. I'm sure there were people praying for me, you know, that I didn't even know. Thank God. I thank the Lord for that. And, and the Lord was watching over me. Item number six, we're going to take a look at this. Catholic Church teaches that new birth occurs at infant baptism. Oh, yes, that's what they teach. And I was baptized as an infant. Yes, I was. Many years ago. Astoria, Queens. Yes. So, folks, you know, they, they tell you that's what happens, you know, that, that you are freed from the power of darkness and brought into the realm of the freedom of the children of God. That, you'll find that in the Catholic, Catholic Catechism of 94, item number 1250. It's not true yet. It's not how you become born again. I know because I was truly born again when I was 36 years old. Think about it. A little baby can't you know, lift up their head and say, you know, I repent. I believe in Jesus. Of course not. But the, but the Catholic priests, what they do, um, that they sprinkle what they call holy water on, on the head of the infant. You know, they have a, like a little basin in there. I remember they would go down these marble steps and it was like a little kind of spooky, actually, when you look at it. Um, so, so that's what they believe, that that child is, is born again, that they're a child of God at that, at that time. It's not true. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3, uh, verses 6 to 8, these words were spoken by Christ himself. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, or wishes, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Listen to that. So is everyone. It's the same with everyone who's truly born of the Spirit. It makes it clear you can't see the wind, folks. You see the effects of the wind, but you cannot see the wind. So when the Spirit of God moves upon a person, you don't see the Spirit, but you will see a change in that person. So your fleshly birth, you were born into this world. That's your fleshly birth, your physical birth. But the Bible makes it clear, Jesus makes it clear, you must be born again of the Spirit. Once again, if this don't happen to you before you die, folks, you're shot. Hear me now. Don't put it off. You know, don't, this is not some little nursery rhyme I'm, I'm speaking to you today, folks. This is, this is the word of God. This is not some type of philosophy. This is the word of God I'm preaching to you today, folks. You must be born again. You could say, well, you know, I, I try to live a good life. I'm going to do the best I can. You know, a lot of people have a mental picture, the scales of justice, and they hope that their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds and, and God would show them mercy on a day of judgment. No, your good deeds are filthy rags. That's all. Nothing but filthy rags. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, I think that is where you find that verse. Filthy rags. If you look in the original, I think it's like menstruous rags, folks. It's, it's filth. You can't earn. You can't, you can't get into heaven by trying to do the best that you can. Oh, yes. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You need to be renewed from the inside. That's the living waters that Jesus used to preach about, folks. It's a renewal that takes place in your heart once again. It better take place before you die, folks. No magic going to happen after you die. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 tells us, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Oh, hallelujah. So when, when you receive Christ, folks, you become a new creation. You're walking down the highway to heaven. You're getting off the highway to hell. And I could go on and on, folks. There's so many other things about the counterfeit gospel of Roman Catholicism, you know, dealing with statues and relics and uh, rosaries and medals and scapulars, candles, novena books, and so on and so forth, folks, has nothing to do with the salvation of your soul. I hope I'm getting my point across to you today. So you say, okay, what's the deal? What do I got to do? What do I got to do to be saved? You know, Tell me. Tell me, mister. Well, Romans chapter 10, verses 10 to 13. Keep in mind, these words were written, spoken by the Jewish apostle Paul, the man himself, was a tyrant before he got saved. He had his scrolls. He knew the, he knew the Hebrew scriptures inside and out. But the only thing is he didn't know the Lord at that point in his life. He was a severe persecutor of Christians, consented unto the death of many of those same Christians, caused some to blaspheme, putting them in jail and so on and so forth. He thought he was doing the right thing, but he wasn't. He wasn't until he got saved. The Lord spoke to him out of heaven. You can read that in Acts chapter 9 and, and hear how he got saved. 
So here he's telling you how to get saved, folks. To take his word for it. He says, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Or you can put Gentile there. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's powerful. So, so Paul makes it clear. It's, it's with the heart. This is how you believe, folks. You know, whoever you are listening today, you know what's going on inside your heart. You know whether you truly want salvation. There's a lot rolling around in your mind right now. Do I really want to do this? You're thinking of all your party friends, perhaps, or you're thinking of, of your religious family. So you know what's going on inside your heart. You got, a, you got a choice to make. So he says, with the heart, you're going to believe unto righteousness. You got to come to the point where you say, man, I want to be saved. Okay? With the mouth, confession is made. You say, Lord, speak it. Lord, I want to be saved. It says, whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. It says there's no difference between a Jew and a Greek or, every, or the Gentile. That means everybody, folks, in the, in, in the whole world. It says the same Lord over all is rich unto all, no matter who you are, that call upon him. So no matter who you are, whether you be male or female, young or old, here's the deal, the beauty of the gospel. Folks, when you come through that door of salvation, when you call upon the Lord, and, and you get saved and he washes you clean, no matter what your sins are, folks. That's the beauty. We're all on an equal level when you come to, folks. So, so keep that in mind. doesn't matter what part of the world you're from, what country, what language you speak, what color your skin is, whether you're a lady or a man. makes no difference. That's the beauty, folks. And this glorifies Christ alone. He alone will get the glory. Oh, yes, that's the beauty of salvation, folks. And it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, I could give you a guide, and I, I would say to you today, what, what, what you could do is you say, Lord, I, I realize that I am a sinner. I'm an ungodly wretch in need of salvation. Lord, you, you know as well as I do that that I have sinned many times over. But Lord, I, I realize now I need mercy. Lord, I, I need that blood that you shed for me. I want to be justified by that blood. Forgive me. Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. Lord, I, Lord, I want to be born again. Lord, when I die, I want to go to heaven. Lord, save my soul. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. Folks, you know, that's just a guideline. You know, that's something that got to come from your own heart. You see, not a little role prayer. You know, I, when I remember the Catholic Church, I used to say the Apostles' Creed week after week after week by rote. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator, the so on and so forth. You can do that by rote and not know the Lord. So I, I, I was, that was me. <laughs> so that might be you today, folks. So I'm going to leave it there. I poured my heart out to you today, folks. Uh, for one reason, I want you to be saved if you don't know the Lord. If you are saved, may this encourage you. It's always good to go over the basics I never get sick and tired of reading these scriptures that I just read to you throughout this message. So I'm going to leave it right there. You be blessed and have a great day.